You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Real Christians are those who have experienced not a rehabilitation. They haven't turned over a new leaf. They haven't made a New Year's resolution. And that is how their change came. No, one day we were lost in our sin. An amazing grace, how sweet the sound, knocked on the door of my heart and yours. And when we said yes to Jesus, a mighty transformation happened that no man can bring to pass, that no self-will can ever bring about. In your faith journey, have you ever felt like a fake Christian? Have you ever felt like you shouldn't be in the place you're in currently? Today, Pastor Jeff explains that if you want to experience a fresh renewal in your relationship with God, you need to never cease your pursuit after Him. Whether it's staying steadfast in the Bible, praying, or attending church, you must never lose your vigor for remaining in closeness with God. Change the trajectory of your relationship today by giving your all to the Lord. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, The God Who Delivers. You feel tired, you feel weary, you, you, you feel like, this is it, and, and, and there may be a few here who, who feel like you're looking death in the face. And, and Paul has a word for you today. The Bible has a word for you today. Now, Paul is the one who, by the Spirit of God, wrote Romans 8.28. We all know Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. God, says Paul, takes every trial, even these severe ones like this, and, and, and God puts his hands around that trial and forces that trial, shapes that trial to work for our good because you're called of him. God never wastes a pain. He takes every trial, every test, every fiery oven, every deep valley, and he says, you will serve my purpose in their life. And the trial must submit. And Satan must submit to it. Now, the one that wrote that verse is in this severe trial now. Now, how did it work out for his good? How did God say, all right, I'm going to shape this where it works for Paul's good. I'm going to make it serve my purpose in his life. Well, it's easy to see. It's right here. Here's the first thing that happened. God did deliver Paul. But here's how he delivered him. He delivered him first with a realization. He had an epiphany. He had, a, he, he had an eye. Something occurred to him in a fresh and a powerful way. Here's what it was. He said, I learned that we should not trust in ourselves. I learned that we should not trust in ourselves. Now, let me clarify this and balance it out. That doesn't mean that you're supposed to be walking around insecure with a bad case of tuckhead. You know what tuckhead is? These people that can't look you in the eye because they feel so terrible about themselves. That's not it. That's, that's of the devil. That's not of God. That's not what he's saying. You're not to walk around insecure. He's not saying you're, you're not supposed to have confidence. I'm confident in, in certain things as long as I know God's with me. It means that there are some things only God can do. Now catch that. Paul said, I have learned in this trial that there are some things I cannot do. And one of them is I cannot deliver myself from something like this. This is going to have to be a God thing or I'm not coming out. This is going to have to be a God thing or I'm not going to recover. This is going to have to be a God thing or I'm going to die. This is going to have to be a God thing or this is it. 
Paul came to the place of realizing it's not going to be. And, and believe me, Paul the Apostle was incredibly competent, brilliant, educated, respected among his peers, beyond his peers. He, 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 he succeeded beyond those who were his own age, who had gone through the same schools. He was brilliant beyond his peers, all kinds of ability. But he said, here's what I've learned in this trial. If I come out of this, it's not going to be my, by my brains, not by my natural strength, not my talents, not my wit. Nothing of me or by me can be used in this situation to deliver me. I'm learning in the middle of this trial not to lean on me, but to lean on him. This great man's formidable self-sufficiency melted away like candle wax in a hot sun in the presence of this great trial. His self-confidence just withered. He was broken. He was put down. He was on his knees, on his face. Now, let me share with you a Christian truth. It is the work of the Holy Spirit from the moment you and I are saved to help you and me transition from self-sufficiency to God-sufficiency. Now, I'm going to say that again because we, we don't really understand this, a lot of us in the church, because America, the American culture says it's all about you and you're your own man, your own woman, self-made man, self-made woman, which is pure, unadulterated hogwash. Nobody is their own person. You're either serving Satan or you're serving Christ, says scripture, not Jeff. So let me say it again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. He comes into our lives as soon as we're saved and, and he begins to do many things. He deals with the idols in our life. He gets sin out of our life. He begins to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And one of the things he begins to do with our faith is he transitions us from self-sufficiency to God-sufficiency. Where more and more we lean on him and less and less we lean on us. Now, before coming to Jesus Christ, we all learn to trust in ourselves. I left my home uh, at a pretty young age, and I learned to be very self-sufficient and, how, and kind of street smart, how to get things that I needed and, and whatnot. And boy, did God pulverize that after I got saved. But I can tell you, we, we trust in many things. We trust in, in looks, in talent, in wit, in intelligence. We trust our own business ability. We place our trust in money or charm or popularity or a way with words. We lean on our natural strengths. We, 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 we believe that we can get us out of anything that we got ourselves into. And then we come into a trial where there is no way out and we cannot fix it. And then we've got to do what Paul did. He said, I've learned to no longer trust in my Self, because the Holy Spirit comes along, he begins to knock out from under us all the fleshly props we have leaned on and trusted in our whole life. He said, I want you to, instead of leaning on yourself, I want you to lean on me. God wants our trust to shift from ourselves to him. Paul realized in a fresh way what Proverbs 21, 31 says. Listen to this. This is a great proverb. It says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Can you say with me, deliverance is of the Lord. In other words, you may have all kinds of natural advantages and natural ability, 
symbolized in a strong war horse. But in the battle, the things we really need to be free from, we can't do it. Not me, not myself, not I. The only thing that can set me free is the one who was anointed to preach deliverance to the captives. He breaks the yoke. He breaks the power of sin. He chases Satan out of our life. He raises us out of the ash heap into his destiny for us. It is only him and by him and through him. This realization about I'm not leaning on me, but I'm leaning on him. It's all through Paul's writings. Listen to this. My, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your ability. Did he say that? He said in your weakness, when you are just like Paul described, beat down, can't take another step, weak, trembling, shaky. He says, that's when my strength, my power, my wisdom, my word comes to you. And I bring you up and I bring you out of the horrible pit and I bring you out of the miry clay and I set your feet on a rock and I make your going stable and I give you a new song. Mm, I tell you, this moves me today. I feel like I'm about to jump up and grab that ceiling, but I can't, but I wish I could because I'm talking to you today about, listen, we don't serve a religion. We serve a mighty Christ, a, a, a Christ who delivers. He, Paul wrote, he said, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, this is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses for when I am weak, that is when I am strong because when I am weak, that is when his strength manifests. Even Jesus talked about the necessity of leaning on him. And even Jesus said, you can't do it on your own. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit for apart from me. Listen to these words. This is Jesus, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, Pastor Jeff, I believe I can go out and change my tire today. I believe I can put the key in the ignition and drive home. Yes, you can. But when it comes to spiritual things, the deep things of life, the things that really matter, we can't do anything apart from abiding in the vine. And his strength becomes ours. His peace becomes ours. His character becomes ours. His likeness becomes ours as we abide in the vine. You know, the Bible says it can even be dangerous for you to lean on you. The Bible says and warns that you can't trust in your own heart. Listen to this proverb, chapter 28, verse 26. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. You didn't know that was in there, did you? But whoever walks wisely, he shall be delivered. So the Bible is telling us there that if you go by what your heart is telling you, you should do, without consulting the word of God, you're a fool. Let me give you an example. Pastor Jeff, I've met this man and I am just in love. It's the love of Christ. And then I say, well, is he a believer? No, but I know that my love is gonna change him. I feel such an anointing when I'm around him. I just know that God has called me to be his missionary, to be his savior, to lead him and guide him to the still waters and the pastures of tender grass. I am his answer. And I want to say to them, no, you're not. You're a fool. 
Because the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And so here's what we do. We put emotion over truth. And, but the Bible says that truth trumps emotion. So the Bible says, here you are, you're all in love and you're, and you're just believing that you're God's answer to this person. And, and, and then God comes along and says, what are you even doing with them if they're not saved? And we go, I don't like truth. I like emotion. I like romance. Pastor Jeff, don't you believe in romance? I do believe in romance, but I don't believe in stupid romance. <laughs> you got to forgive me. I have fun up here. But you see what I'm saying? We, we, we think emotion trumps truth. But in God's way of thinking, truth is always dominant over emotion. So you can't trust in your heart. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. Our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, the Bible says. They have been skewed and affected by the fall. You can't trust your own feelings or emotions to guide you into the way of truth. I, I guarantee you nothing will deceive you more sometimes than your own emotions. The Bible also says you can't trust your natural understanding, which, which is the way things appear to you. You look at something and you go, this is the way I believe it is. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That means with this right here, his book, Trust in it with all of your heart because he's the Lord of the book and it's the book of the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. The Bible warns there is a way that appears to be right if you're leaning on your own understanding. There are things that look right, seem right, feel right, taste right, smell right, but the Bible says they lead to death. So if you lean on your own understanding, your own understanding will lead you away from God. That's why we are to renew our minds, saturate them in the word of God so that we can have God thoughts and not stinking thinking. As with our hearts, our natural understanding has been corrupted, affected by the fall. Here's the bottom line. God may from time to time allow us to experience a very taxing trial so that we may see our need for him in a fresh way. So Paul had this realization, me ain't getting me out of this. Then he had a revelation. Here's what I can trust in the God who delivers. I can trust the God who delivers. Listen to what he said. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. In other words, we've learned to trust in a supernatural God who is so powerful, he raises dead things back to life. Remember how Isaiah described the ministry of Jesus? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. So the anointing of the spirit is the delivering power that breaks the yoke and sets us free. I want to tell you the truth about Christianity. Christianity is not a self-help message. Christianity is not made up of people who rehabilitated themselves. Can I tell you the truth today? I am not a rehabilitated man. I did not go through rehabilitation. I was saved in juvenile home as a 16-year-old boy who was all mixed up in drugs and all confused about life. But when I came out of jail a Christian, it was not because I had been rehabilitated. 
I'm not rehabilitated and neither are you. We are the recipients, not of rehabilitation, but of a transformation, a transformation. Real Christians are those who have experienced not a rehabilitation. They haven't turned over a new leaf. They haven't made a new year's resolution. And that is how their change came. No, one day we were lost in our sin and amazing grace. How sweet the sound knocked on the door of my heart and yours. And when we said yes to Jesus, a mighty transformation happened that no man can bring to pass that no self will can ever bring about. But if any man be in Christ, he is in a microsecond, a brand new creation. All the old is passed away and all is become new. That's why we sing, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Listen to the way Paul described us, as for you, Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. He's talking about you. Don't look at me and say it. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. You were dead. No, Pastor Jeff, he's speaking metaphorically. I've never been dead. Oh yeah, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Your spirit man was dead. Corpse on a slab, dead. But here's what happened. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. There we were, dead, 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 hellbound, dead, dead, dead. But the merciful God looked down on you and me and he made us alive with Christ and raised us up with Christ. He resurrected us from the dead. And so our Christian life began with the greatest deliverance of all, resurrection from spiritual death. Can you say with me, I'm a resurrected person. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise because you are. You're resurrected from the dead now. Let me close with this. Paul makes a great statement, and I want to really home in tight on this as we close. He said, this God who delivered, he delivered us from so great a death, past tense, and he does deliver us, present tense, in whom we trust he will still deliver us, future tense. He delivered us in the past. He's delivering us now and he will deliver us in the future. Now watch with me for a moment. Lazarus died. And the Bible says that Mary and Martha, his two sisters were very upset with Jesus because they sent a messenger to Jesus saying, hey, Lazarus is sick. You need to get here quick before he dies. What did Jesus do? He sat there. And day after day he waited and Lazarus died. Then the Bible says when he had been dead four days, Jesus finally showed up. You talk about a day late and a dollar short. And Martha was the straight, first one out there to talk to him. And she let him have it. She said, if only you'd been here, he would not have died. 
And here's Jesus, and this woman's telling him off. Here's God. This woman's telling God off. You're late. If you hadn't been late, he wouldn't have died. What, what were you doing? Why weren't you here? I thought you loved him. And then Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Here goes Martha again. Oh, I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection of the last day, but I'm concerned all about now. Now I got a brother that's dead. Says Jesus wept. And he said, I am the resurrection. And she didn't know what to do with that. He said, where is he? So they took him to the, they, they, they took him to the stone. Here's Mary, Martha, steam coming out of both ears. You're late. How many of you have ever thought God was late? You're late. I had all this trouble. If you'd have showed up on time, we wouldn't be in this situation, but you're late. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. Now watch this. Martha had a yesterday faith. If you had been here, she had a someday faith. He will come out of the grave someday. But what Jesus was after was a today faith. See, most of us have a great yesterday faith. Oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. We sing amazing grace with the best of them. And we've got a faith that one day he's going to come again and we're all going to go up and be with the Lord. And we clap every time that's preached. But then you tell somebody, hey, he's the resurrection now. And we go, you go messing with it now, it stinketh. Jesus said, roll away the stone. The stone represented her unbelief. She said, Lord, I got the yesterday faith. I got the someday faith, but today, forget it. If I roll that stone away, we're all going to be embarrassed because he stinks. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and resurrection power raises dead things. Dead marriages, dead dreams, dead faith, dead hope. Let me in to your problem now and I will touch it with resurrection power. They roll the stone away and they're all going, oh, here it comes. And Jesus spoke down into it and he said, problem, dead thing, Come out of there. Hello, Martha. Hello, Mary. Don't you know that they had a hug session? <laughs> and don't you know they looked at Jesus and said, Lord, forgive me. I had a yesterday faith and a someday faith, but not a today faith. And he wants all of us to know, and this is my message today. We serve a God who resurrects and he raises things that are dead today. It may look dead, it may be dead, but it's not over until God has had his say. We have some things in our lives that are dead, dying, look hopeless, but I want us to give it to God. Can we hold our hands right up towards him? I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I want you to give God that dying or dead thing in your life. You've run out of strength. You've run out of ideas. You've run out of hope. 
you don't know what to do, I want you to give it to God. It's safe to say that at one point or another, we've all stared death in the face, whether that's getting fired from a job, losing a loved one, or simply feeling hopeless. We've all experienced that feeling. Today, we learn from Pastor Jeff that if you want to move past the despair that's holding you hostage, you need to let God's free gift of grace work in your life. You'll never get where you want to be by trying to fix it all on your own. Give it all to God and be set free. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the Word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Here's more on that. In his next message, Pastor Jeff explains that the only way to become the person you want to be is by truly leaving your past behind. The more you dwell on your mistakes, the further you'll be from achieving the purpose that you seek in your life. God's desire for you is to empower you to be the best you can be. Let His grace work through you and be forever changed. Invest in eternity and leave the hangups of this world behind through God's perfect grace. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.